It's always an honor and a privilege, and I do not take it lightly to bring the word to the church that I've been a part of for a long time. Um, <laughs> you know, when I was much, much younger and people were saying, well, I've, I've been here for 10 years. Whoa, that's a long time. Or when somebody says, I've been here for 25 years. Whoa, they must be pretty old. And then now I'm saying I've been here 27 years. I'm getting up there, but that's okay. I'm still in my 20s, so praise the Lord for that. Today, I'd like to talk to you uh, about the point of no return. You can also call this no turning back. Uh, older hymn that I really enjoy is, uh, I have decided to follow Jesus. I have decided to, I have to follow Jesus. No turning back, no turning back. Uh, it's one of my personal favorites, and it's something that you and I are going to have to say from time to time in our life. Um, I'd like you to turn with me to 1 Timothy. We're going to spend a little bit of time in 1 Timothy, 2 Timothy. We're going to start in chapter 4, 1 Timothy chapter 4. And this is, I'm just going to take a collection of what Paul wrote to Timothy, a collection of the Holy Spirit's forecast for the end times. And in verse 1, 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 1, it says, Now the Holy Spirit tells us clearly, or in other words, make no mistake, this is clear as day, this will happen. There's no shadows in it, there's no cloudiness about it. The Holy Spirit tells us clearly that in the last time, some will turn away from the true faith. Somebody say that, turn away from the true faith. Now, if you're following along on the Bible or whatever, I'm in the NLT. Um, and it says they will follow deceptive spirits and teachings that come from devils, demons. These people are hypocrites and liars and their consciences are dead or other versions put it, they're seared. Something I want to point out here before we move on to our next verse is it says that it tells us clearly that in the last times, somebody say the last times, Say, welcome to the last times. You know, something I want to encourage you about, uh, you were built for this. You were built for this. Um, there, there's a thing that goes on social media. I'm just built different. You're built different. You are built different. You are built in times tough. Say that, end times tough. And you have a grace and you have an anointing on the inside of you to make it and not only make it, but thrive through these end times. Amen. You are built different. Uh, and a lot of people, we, we can look at these great uh, uh, generals of the faith and you can look at people like Martin Luther and you can look at uh, people like uh, Smith Wigglesworth. Uh, I want to encourage you with something. You have something on you that they don't. Whoa, that was quiet. <laughs> you have something on you that they don't. They're not here at this time. Guess who is? You can poke yourself in the chest and just remind you you're here. You're alive. You're living in the year 2020. And Jesus is coming soon. You have something on you that they don't. They didn't. You are end times tough. 
But it says in the last times, some will turn away from the true faith. Other versions put it, depart from the faith. But something I want you all to see here is that they're not rejecting Jesus. What does it say? It says, depart. It says, turn away. Or in other words, to distance oneself from the faith. And our, the devil that we're against is crafty. He's stupid, but he's crafty. He's foolish, but he's crafty. And you're not going to, I mean, you will see people just reject their faith, and, and we do see that. But in the end times, you're not going to see masses denying Jesus. You're going to see masses distancing themselves, calling themselves Christians, but accepting a form of demonic doctrine. Are you with me? And I'll just, I've been pointing this one out for some time now. Probably one of the most blatant ones that, are, that is out there right now is deconstruction. Doctrines of demons. Mm -hmm. You can be mad at me. Your, your favorite TikToker or whatever can be a, a deconstruction. Doctrines of demons. It is very, very dangerous. Because what deconstruction is just doing is I'm going to look at my hurt and stay there until I can figure out how I can move on. I'm going to make everything that I believe about my hurt to uh, take my doctrine, take my theology, and mold it around my hurt. Are you with me? It is more important than ever to be a person of forgiveness and love and walk in forgiveness. Now, if you need to take time to, to work through some of these things and, 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 and get to a place of forgiveness, that's fine. But don't change everything that you've been taught. <laughs> Amen? Amen? Or in other words, don't take the house that the Lord has built in your life and deconstruct it. Because <laughs> that's what people are doing. Doctrines of demons. Do they still claim Jesus? Yeah. yeah. But what are they doing? Distancing themselves from the true faith. Right. First, uh, I'm sorry, let's go to 2 Timothy. And let's go in chapter 3. You should know this. I'm going to say that again. You should know this. Timothy, that in the last days... There will be very difficult times for people will only love themselves and their money. They will be boastful and proud, scoffing at God, disobedient to their parents. Now, some people will look at this, man, children have been disobeying their, disobeying their parents from the beginning, right? But what we're talking about here is not just disobedience from their parents, but it is a heightened more aggressive. I'd like to put it like this. Your kids run your house. Thank you. I appreciate that. <laughs> you see what I'm saying here? 
We've had a form of these things, but as we get closer to the end times, what happens? It intensifies. Sin intensifies. Disobedience intensifies. Amen? Boastful, proud, scoffing at God, disobedient to their parents, ungrateful. My goodness, people are ungrateful. Uh, They will consider nothing sacred. We have seen war on things that should never have been touched. Life. Goodness. The one thing that you would think human beings would agree on. Life. Is your heart beating? You should be life. (laughs) Amen. There should be no debate about it, but there is nothing sacred. Marriage. Man and a woman. Joined together by God. But then they took a step to, well, we're going to endorse homosexual lifestyle. And we'll allow them to get married. And now they're taking a step further to people who were once boys are now girls. And then they can marry who. What is going on? Sacred things are no longer sacred in this world. And my goodness, I mean, when we we talk about marriage, Sex is no longer sacred. It's not. When you've got women selling hamburgers on the TV, that's not right. (laughs) It's not. It's not sacred anymore. And all that has done over the years has intensified. Amen? It's gotten worse. They will consider nothing sacred. Verse three, they will be unloving and unforgiving. But they may claim to be loving and forgiving. They will slander others and have no self-control. They will be cruel and hate what is good. They will betray their friends, be reckless, puffed up with pride and love pleasure rather than love God. They will act religious, but they will reject the power that can make them godly. Stay away from people like that. Not my words. This is the Apostle Paul. Stay away from people like that. And we can look at these and I can talk about things that we're seeing in our world, but I'm sure right now you are looking at these and How did we get to the place that we're at? I can tell you one thing. It's supposed to happen. It's supposed to happen. You you can't pray away what the Lord has prophesied. Amen? Amen. Why? Because it's a forecast of what will happen. Your responsibility is that these things don't get in your house. Amen? Amen. When you get into the end times and you begin to see these pestilence and uh, wars and rumors of wars, and especially, let's go back to the, the pestilence and the diseases. Those things are supposed to happen. Don't like it. I'm not Jesus. <laughs> I'm not the Holy Spirit. But these things are supposed to happen in the end times. But his promise of healing 
And his promise of uh, your house being safe, it will not come near your dwelling, is still there. And so no matter what these end times bring, you have a responsibility to hold on to the promise of God that it will not come near you. Amen? These things will happen. They're going to happen. Things are going to intensify. But praise God, we have a promise. And as for me, I'm going to stick with the promises of God. You know, the quote of the day is probably Rodney right here. Uh, What the world is considering serious, we need to take lightly. Y'all need to think about that one. What the world is calling serious, what the world is taking serious, we need to take lightly. Amen. We're not moved by what we feel. We're not moved by what we see. And when we talk about the world, oftentimes we think about the sin of the world. But it's not just the sin of the world. It's the politics of the world. And the economy of the world. Didn't Jesus say they are not of this world? You are not of this world. Now let's keep going. Second Timothy chapter four. Probably one of my favorite passages of scripture right here. Chapter four, verse one. I solemnly urge you. I like what other versions say. It says, I charge you in the presence of God and Christ Jesus, who will someday judge the living and the dead when he comes to set up his kingdom. Preach the word of God. Be prepared whether the time is favorable or not. Or in other words, in season, out of season. Patiently correct, rebuke, and encourage your people with good teaching. For a time is coming when people will no longer listen to sound and wholesome teaching. They will follow their own desires and will look for teachers. They will look for teachers. They will turn from the true faith and find somebody that will tell them what they want to hear. And will tell them whatever their itching ears want to hear. Verse four, they will reject the truth and chase after myths. But you should keep a clear mind. Say, I have a clear mind. I have a sound mind. In every situation, do not be afraid of suffering for the Lord. Work at telling others the good news and fulfill, I'm sorry, fully carry out the ministry he has given you. Fully carry out the ministry he has given you. The point that I wanted to get, uh, get across with reading these to you is there will not be a lack of opportunity to turn. To turn away, to distance yourself, to change what you once believed. There will not be a lack of opportunity. And the devil will use all kinds of tricks to get you to a place where you would begin to compromise on the word and compromise on what you have been taught. And what I want to do for the next couple of minutes, moments, hours, no, I'm just kidding. Uh, I, I never liked when preachers said moments. What is your moment? Yeah. <laughs> moment is really close to sounding like minute, but that's not, that's not, anyways. Um, but I just want to take the next couple of moments, whatever that, however long that may be, um, 
I know some of y'all got a pot roast, so I'll, I'll think about your pot roast. Um, and tell you how the devil will try to get you to distance yourself. And you are not exempt. I want you to realize that. No one is exempt from the temptation to turn. I'm not. Pastor Art is not. You're not. Your mama's not. Your daddy's not. There is always going to be that temptation to turn. And oftentimes it comes from pressure. It comes from pressure. If you would, turn with me to Galatians chapter 3. I'm sorry, not Galatians chapter 3, Galatians chapter 1. In a Christian's life, the point to decide not to return to former ways of life will show up regularly. The temptation to compromise will show up with great frequency and should be met with a quality decision of no turning back and no compromise. I want to say that again. It should be met with a quality decision of no turning back, no compromise. Now, there are several reasons Christians compromise. For today, I just wanted to talk about two. And in our context of what we're discussing today, I think these are the top two reasons Christians compromise on the Word of God. Number one is deception. We read in, in 1 Timothy chapter 3 where it said, they will give heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of demons. And when you look at that through Christian eyes, you're like, well, if it's a doctrine of a demon, I'm not going to give. Well, you need to look at it through how is the devil going to package this to make it look good? The devil is not going to go out and say, this is a doctrine of a demon. You should listen. It's not going to work very well, right? But how is he going to package it? He will make it look intellectual. He'll even make it look theological. He will make it look good to the Christian eye. But just enough twisted, just enough perverted to get them to begin to distance themselves from the faith that has kept them all those years. Galatians chapter 1, verse 6. Paul again, talking to the Galatians, and he says, I am shocked that you are turning away so soon from God who called you to himself through the loving mercy of Christ. You are following a different way that pretends to be the good news, but is not good news at all. You are being fooled by those who deliberately twist the truth concerning Christ. Now listen to these words. Let God's curse fall on anyone, including us, or even an angel from heaven who preaches a different kind of good news than the one we preach to you. 
I say again, what we have said before, if anyone preaches any other good news than the one you welcomed, let that person be cursed. Obviously, I'm not trying to win the approval of people, but God. If pleasing people were my goal, I would not be Christ's servant. Deception. And in this church of Galatia, people, and I'll, I'll be specific with, with the church of Galatia, Judaizers, who were still trying to get people to go by works, go by law, instead of grace through faith. Does it sound good? Yeah. I mean, we have the Old Testament. We appreciate the stories of the Old Testament and, and the morals that are set out through the Old Testament. Yeah, absolutely, 100%. That sounds good. Uh, but is it the good news? No, it's not. It is grace through faith. Just like what Rodney is saying, it is a rest. If you're working to get to heaven, you made a mistake. <laughs> Back up. <laughs> Turn around. If you think you have to do X, Y, Z to get to heaven, you did something wrong. I'm going to help somebody today. If you think you have to do X, Y, Z to get healed, you did something wrong. I want to say it again. If you think you have to do X, Y, Z to get healed, you did something wrong. It is a finished work on the cross. Your only responsibility is to believe and receive. Can I say it again? It is your only responsibility to believe and receive. Well, Tim, it still hasn't come. Well, you need maybe you just need to work on your receiving part. Maybe you're still struggling with the believing part. Your only responsibility is to believe that by his stripes you were healed. Yes. Amen. Are you with me? Yes. Deception. It's well packaged, it's intellectual. It even sounds theologically right, but it's really a doctrine of demons. And I know there is, there's things that we learn that are new. Amen. We get new revelation, right? You should be. I mean, when you come to church, you should be learning something new. But what Paul is talking about here is something that has been taught and they're trying to twist it and change it. Something that you know is true because you know who taught it to you. We'll get to that in just a moment. The second reason that Christians compromise on the word of God is offense. Turn with me to John chapter 6. And this is kind of the bread and butter of this message. John chapter 6. And I'm going to jump around a little bit uh, just for time's sake. But it says in chapter 6, verse 53, So Jesus said again, I tell you the truth, excuse me, unless you eat 
the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you can have no eternal life within you. But anyone who eats my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life. And I will raise that person at the last day. So Jesus begins to preach on these things. And then we get down to verse 60. Many of his disciples said, this is very hard to understand. How can anyone accept it? Jesus was aware that his disciples were complaining. So he said to them, does this offend you? Let me, let me ask you, let me tell you something. If something Jesus said offends you, you've got the, you, you need to be the one to change, not him. You are the one that needs to change. Are you with me? If something in the word of God offends you, it's you who needs to change, not the word. Because anything that tells you, well, we can take this verse and actually mean it like this. Doctrine of demons. And so let's keep going. And we'll, uh, verse 66. At this point, many of his disciples turned away and deserted him. Jesus turned to the 12 and asked, are you also going to leave? Now this version, I don't think really gets the gravity of what happened. Jesus preached a sermon with thousands of people in attendance and boom, just like that, 12 were left. Because of what? Offense. Offense is probably the biggest killer of Christian destinies than anything else. I'm going to say offense. And so Jesus preaches this message. And, you know, when, when people preach sermons, people usually leave encouraged, changed, maybe challenged a little bit. Uh, but in this sermon, it offended people. And this wasn't a Pastor Tim preaching. This wasn't Pastor Art preaching. This was Jesus Christ himself preaching. Let me tell you, if Jesus can offend people, Pastor Art can offend people. <laughs> Are you with me? If Jesus can offend people, I can offend people. Not on purpose. I don't want to. But I have an obligation to the word, not to you. I love you. I'll pastor you. But the word is what's going to come out of my mouth. Amen. And I want to tell you the same. When pressure comes your way, the word needs to come out of your mouth. Not your feelings. Not some article that you read. Not some YouTube video or TikTok video. What needs to come out of your mouth? The word. I mean, can you imagine the devil's putting pressure on you? And you begin to think, well, this TikToker, he was saying this, this, and this. No, 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 no. You went wrong. <laughs> Turn around. <laughs> what needs to come out of your mouth? The word. the word. That's why it's called the first place and final authority. It needs to be the first place you go 
the last place you go. It needs to be the first thing out of your mouth and the last thing you, that comes out of your mouth. Amen? Amen. Offense. And so Jesus asks, are you going to? And perhaps one of my favorite quotes by Peter replied, Lord, to whom else shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. We believe and we know you are the Holy One, O God. You know, I believe it was last week, maybe, maybe two weeks ago, I was exhorting you on, on giving. And when the devil puts pressure on me, I like to give him a one-two punch. I'll remind you what that is. I will begin by quoting, My God shall supply all of my needs according to His riches and glory by Christ Jesus. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. And if that doesn't knock him out, well, let's do it again. You know, if, if one punch doesn't work, you give him a second. And if you just do the one, two over and over and over until what? He shuts up. Amen. <laughs> and you get yourself in line. But when there's pressure to give up, pressure to quit, when friends leave you, when friends make fun of you, my goodness, have I seen that. And when people put pressure, you just have to say, where else am I going to go? To whom else shall I go? What other message has brought me this far? Amen. I'm going to take a little bit of liberty, okay? What other church has brought me this far? Amen. To whom else shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. Amen. And the important thing is that you begin to recognize when the devil is trying to get you to get uh, to to turn to change to give into something that's not quite right, you know. Oftentimes, people will do it, like I said, because of deception. They'll do it because of offense. And there is one I just couldn't really explain quite well. They'll do it, and to doctrine away why they haven't seen results. I want to say that again so, so, so everybody understands. They will compromise on the word of God so that they can doctrine away why they haven't seen results in their life. How many of you have ever questioned, why am I not seeing this? I'll be the, <laughs> I am the first hand up. Why? <laughs> Why am I not seeing these results? What's going on? And the first thing we need to do is go to the Word. Let's go to the Word. Get counsel from the person that, uh, that you trust. Amen? But most importantly, it is never a him problem. It is me. What do I need to adjust? What is in my heart that's not right? 
Or maybe it's just I need a little bit more patience. Maybe I need a little bit more patience. And I just need to continue to wait on the Lord. You know what happens when you wait on the Lord? He renews your strength. (laughs) We don't like waiting. But you know what? When we wait on the Lord, good things happen. In the middle and the end. When we wait on the Lord, our strength is renewed. We're built up. We're patient. Amen. Our faith in God begins to build. And then the result comes. The amen. There it is. Good things happen. Amen. When you when you begin to do uh, and and begin to walk the way God has prescribed you to walk. Good things happen from the beginning to the middle to the end. But oftentimes we just like to see the struggle. God, where is it? Amen. But do not listen to something or to someone that will try to doctrine away, give you some doctrine. Well, maybe it's God's will. Maybe it's not. Can I tell you something about the will of God? It is very plain. I want to say that again. The will of God is very plain when it comes to the promises of God. The will of God is very plain when it comes to healing. It is his will to heal all. (laughs) His will is very plain when it comes to prosperity. It's very plain. But what people like to do is confuse his will for your life, the individual things that pertain to you and you alone, and attribute those to the will for his promises. It doesn't, it's not, no, that's not how it works. (laughs) There are things only that David is assigned to do that I'm not assigned to do. There's a will of God for David that's not for me, but it has to do with assignment, not promise. It has to do with an assignment, not a promise. David, is it God's will to heal you? Absolutely. It's God's will to heal me. David, is it, is it God's will to, to take you here, there, or everywhere? Yeah. But you know what? Maybe I'm not supposed to go here, there, or everywhere. Amen? Is it, is it God's will to bless you? It's God's will to bless me. But you know what? It's, it's not God's will for me to work at, at Murray State. You still work at Murray State? Yeah, all right. <laughs> Praise God. They need some people. They need some good people over there. Praise the Lord. You, you who work at Murray State, I'm praying for you. Praise the Lord. Um, but do not confuse his will for your assignment, for his will for promises in his word. Praise the Lord. What I want to do is, is tell you how when you get to that point of no return, you get to that point of no return or compromise. Because we all get to that point at some point in our life. <laughs> And there's a decision, no turning back. I'm not, nope, I'm not, not going to give into this. I know in whom I have believed. I know the word. 
Amen? Or there is, I'm, I'm hurt. I'm offended. Maybe, maybe this will bring some healing. No, you know, the word brings your healing. And when you come to that point of no return, you need to remember these things. Number one is continue. We could just put that. Continue, period. Amen. See you later. Continue in what you have learned and have been assured of. Second Timothy chapter three. I want to turn there and read that for you. Second Timothy chapter three. Um, I'm going to start in verse 10. But you, Timothy, Timothy, sure, uh, certainly know what I teach, how I live, what my purpose in life is. You know my faith, my patience, my love, my endurance. You know how much persecution and suffering I have endured. You know all about how I was persecuted in Antioch, Iconium, and Lystra. But the Lord rescued me from all of it, yes, and everyone who wants to live a godly life uh, in Christ Jesus will suffer persecution. But evil people and imposters will, uh, will flourish. They will deceive others and will themselves be deceived. Verse 14, this is for you and for me. You ready? But you must remain faithful to the things you have been taught. You know they are true and you know you can trust those who taught you. Number two, continue with those who have been faithful to teach you. Number one, continue in what you have learned and been assured of. Number two, continue with those who have been faithful to teach you. You know, this one was a very hard one to write down for me. It was, because I know this was going to not be very popular. But is it in the Word? I just read it. (laughs) It's in the Word. It's in the Word. Continue with the one who has been faithful to teach you. Does that mean a pastor? Yeah. Yeah, it means a pastor. Yeah. But that's not going to be very popular. And in fact, when I was writing it down, I'm like, ooh, I don't like this one. Not that I don't agree with it. I 100% agree with it. But it's not very popular. <laughs> a lot of people are going to say, if somebody's just telling you you need to follow them just because they're your, your pastor, then, then they're uh, whatever. Plug, it, plug in whatever insult they want to say. Um, But is it in the Bible? It is. It is. In fact, Paul said it not just to Timothy, he also said it to the Galatians as well. Amen? You know, there's a famous Texas saying, dance with the one who brung you. And you know what? I believe a lot of people in here wholeheartedly, wholeheartedly believe this point. But maybe we need to take it a step further and not just believe it, but be proud of it. Yes, amen. Amen? amen. Paul told Timothy, you know me. You know my love. You know my character. You know all that I've been through. And you know you can trust me. Now, was Paul perfect? You can say, no, it's okay. (laughs) No, Paul was not a perfect man. Did Paul make mistakes? Yep, 
But you know what? At the end of the day, he was the one that God had placed in Timothy's life. And when it comes to the Galatians, Paul got very bold and he said, if anyone preaches anything other than what I've told you, let them be accursed. And then he even took it a step further. He said, if I preach something that contradicts what I told you, let me be cursed. Amen? Number three. Very simple. Very, very easy. Continue with the word. Continue with the word. And lastly, I want to give you this because this is the one that I've gone to battle with many, many times. Continue with this confession. To whom else shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. I want to go over these one more time for you. Continue with what you have learned and been assured of. Number two, continue with those who have been faithful to teach you. Number three, continue with the word. And lastly, continue with this confession. To whom else shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. And I can tell you many, many times, um, there have been people that laugh, scoff, simply because I just want to believe God. There was one time, and this was innocent. There was, there was nothing malicious behind this whatsoever. Uh, I had a family member uh, that came up to me and, and they said, are you, are you still uh, preaching over there at that church? I said, yeah, still over there working with my dad. You need to start your own church. And I thought about it, and I was like, well, I can get offended. Or I could just listen, but that, that one didn't last very long. Um, but I, I said, that's not what God's called me to do. That's not what God's called me to do. I'm called to be here. You know, there's such power when you can say that. There's such power when you can say, I'm where God has called me to be. Even in the midst of pressure, in the midst of persecution, in the midst of laughter, in the midst of, are you still? I hate that question. <laughs> are you still? Yeah. God said, be still and know <laughs> that I am God. <laughs> Amen? Yeah, I'm still. I'm still doing what God's called me to do. And for you, God's, God's got something for you to do. And you need to be able to say, I'm still doing what he's called me to do. To whom else shall I go? Where else am I going to go? What else am I going to do? What other message has brought me this far? What other message has brought me healing and peace in the midst of, of, of destruction? You know, this. I'm going to end with this. This message that we preach, the word of faith, which is plainly in the word of God, Paul even called it this word of faith that we preach. Because it's Bible, anyways. Uh, it does not, it's a, it's a big uh, misunderstanding 
or just people just refuse. This word of faith that we preach is not saying that trouble won't come. In fact, I would argue it's an invitation <laughs> for more trouble to come. <laughs> and I can say amen to that. <laughs> but what this word of faith that we preach does say, I'm not buying real estate there. This came, this did not come to stay. It came to pass. When I get a bad report, all right, this is what the devil's throwing next. By his stripes, I am healed. It's time to go to war. Don't let anybody, anybody get you down because you dare to believe God. Don't let anybody, I mean, let them say what they want to say. They're going to say what they want to say anyways. But don't let it get to you. Don't let it discourage you. Don't let it deceive you. Amen. Don't let it offend you. And there will be times, and I want you to remember this. I've had to do it many, many times. And you just say, to whom else shall I go? When, when the devil's trying to get you to give up, to give in, to adjust, to doctrine away some feeling, whatever it may be, you just got to say to yourself, who else, to whom else shall I go? Whom else, who else has brought me this far? What word has brought me this far? What message has brought me this far? Amen? Amen. Are you with me? Yes. Do, I have, do I have a congregation full of people? Yes. Amen? Yes. That are not going to bow to compromise? Yes. Can I pray for you?